Welcome to iPad Pros, the show all about using your iPad to be productive and get work done. I'm Tim Chen, host of the show. They want to make sure that everything is just... They're, they're trying to minimize the, the toolbars, the buttons, the labels. And in doing that, though, they rely very heavily on gestures, maybe more so than you know most most iPad apps. If you want to get into onion skinning, you might not really figure out right away that you have to tap on the time code of the of the app in order to get a menu of options that include onion skinning. Welcome to another episode of iPad Pros. Procreate announced earlier this year that they are releasing a new iPad animation app called Procreate Dreams. Well, that app is now here and we are joined by John Voorhees from Mac Stories to dive into this brand new app. John had early access to the app and did a great write-up on Mac Stories about his experiences with the app so far. Procreate Dreams is out now and available as a one-time purchase for $20. As a reminder, you can support the podcast and get early access to both this podcast and Vision Pros for as little as a dollar a month over at patreon.com slash hyperpros or by subscribing in Apple Podcasts. By subscribing in Apple Podcasts to either Vision Pros or iPad Pros, you'll get early access to both. My thanks to everyone that supports the show. And with that, here's my interview with John, all about Procreate Dreams. Welcome to the podcast, John. Thank you for having me. It's really great to be here. Yeah, I had Federico on, I think it was for episode 100, so we finally get the other side of Mac Stories, although you guys are expanding, uh, I've been seeing. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I remember that episode. That was a great episode. I really enjoyed it. I actually remember I was in Ireland at the time listening to you guys, and that was a lot of fun. Oh, very cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, for those that don't know who you are... Um, you probably don't listen to other podcasts out there in this kind of Apple world, but uh, can you share a bit on your background and what 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 you do over there at Mac Stories? Yeah, sure. So just to give you a little bit of my history at Mac Stories, I started out in 2015 at the site writing as a freelancer. Federico founded the site in 2009. And so for the first several years, I was just writing there. And in 2020, we kind of mixed things up and we moved Mac Stories to make it a U.S. company, actually. And and the two of us went into, for a, just a bunch of business, boring business reasons, but but um, I that's when Federico and I became business partners, essentially. So I'm actually one of the, the co-owners of the company now. And it's, you know, Federico's based in Italy. I'm based in the United States and North Carolina. And my role is managing editor, which kind of describes a lot of what I do, which is a lot of the businessy end of side end of things, as well as the writing and the podcasts that we do, like app stories and so forth. Um, but yeah, we both just kind of divide everything up between the two of us. We've got you know the site and the and Club Mac Stories and a couple of podcasts like App Stories and Mac Stories Unwind, and it keeps us kind of super busy. Yeah, and. Uh- the time zone difference while Federico sleeping, you can be doing things and <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Although it, you'd be surprised at how close our schedules are because he stays up very, very late <laughs> and I get up very, very early. So we overlap almost identically except for about an hour difference in the morning and the evening. That's like funny. there, there, yeah. there, yeah, there are actually times when he is still up and I'm like, I'm going to bed. I don't know what you're doing up. <laughs> uh, so, um, as this is iPad Pros, um, we talk about Procreate Dreams, the big new iPad app that came out recently here. But I'm curious, uh, what is your current iPad setup and what kind of role does that iPad serve in your computing uh, life these days? Yeah, so I've got two iPads. Uh, I actually just had a, an M2 iPad Pro recently, but that was a loaner from Apple because yeah. I was testing Final Cut Pro. And logic, uh, but my my core iPads are a fifth generation iPad Pro, so the one that came out in twenty twenty one. Okay, that's got that's got the one a, a right ter- before the M one. It has the new cameras with lidar and the, the magic. Yeah. The smart- um, the Magic Keyboard is when that kind of came out alongside it. Right, right. So I've got that with you know a terabyte of of storage and Wi-Fi and cellular, and so that's kind of it plays really the same role for me as a MacBook Air. It's my portable computer, and I you know I just kind of use it interchangeably with the MacBook Air. Um, and the other the other iPad I use is a sixth generation iPad mini, which is much more of a consumption device. I use it a lot for, you know, reading and watching YouTube and stuff like that. Yeah, that's a great combo. 
Um, yeah. yeah, the biggest and the smallest. Right. Yes, <laughs> I'm always tempted by that mini, but it just it's it's yeah. I have not yet pulled the trigger. Um. <laughs> you can actually get work done on them too. I did a story not too long ago where I had it propped up in one of those uh, airline holders in the back seat of an airplane where I, I nice. jammed the mini in there. Yeah. I had a Bluetooth keyboard, keyboard and I was sitting there sitting there writing on the tray table. Because it had my little keyboard on it. Yeah, someone yeah. needs to invent a Bluetooth keyboard with a little nubbin from the, the ThinkPads. That would be a killer yes. kind of on-the-go setup. Yeah, it really would be. I did miss, I did miss the uh, pointer for sure. Yeah. So iPad Mini consumption, you're kind of catching up on articles and videos and stuff on that. Yeah. And then your on-the-go computing, kind of an alternative to a MacBook Air is the, the iPad Pro. Um, right, right. How much of uh, Mac stories can you interface on that iPad? Is the CMS um, friendly enough? I know Federico probably <laughs> does some stuff with that on the iPad. Yeah, no, it, it, we I can do essentially everything that we do at Mac stories on an iPad because the CMS, we use WordPress for the website and that's just got a web interface. So that's that's perfectly fine and it integrates with shortcuts if you want to go that route which i know federico does i use the website probably more than he does uh and then i do a lot of the production work for our podcast Mm -hmm. so i'm doing audio editing every week and that uh, logic is really good for that but i don't do it a lot mainly not because the ipad's not capable but more because the bigger screen you have, the better. So if I am at home and have access to my studio display, it's much easier to edit a timeline on a on a wider screen than 12.9 inches. Right. And you don't have the M1 version where you just puck, hook it up into your Thunderbolt. Right, right, yeah. right. Gotcha, yep. And uh, since there is no Ferrite for a Mac, the Logic version on iPad is more of uh, a music-based tool than anything else, yeah. It is. And, you know, I've played with Ferrite in the past and I like the app. But for me, as a person who works very much spread across Mac and iOS and iPadOS, I like to have as many of my tools be available everywhere as possible. And so for me, Ferrite is just it's just another thing to learn and a different way of doing things. And while logic on the iPad is a little different than on the Mac, there's enough in common that I can move between those two a lot easier than I could learning a whole new app. So I stick with that. Yeah. And there is no ferret for Mac as of yet. And I don't don't know if that equation would change if that happened um, or not. It might. It might, because I, I mean, I know a lot of people who use Ferret, I didn't love it. And I, the, you know, the bit that I've done with it, it's been really great, but it's just like, it's just one of those things, right? I haven't felt like I wanted to cross that bridge and I've got enough like mail apps in my, in my life already, which is a place where I've decided I have to use more than one, (laughs) one app to get what I want. But I don't want to do that with audio editing too. With Logic, you have to use another app to add chapter markers and like, it's, it's like a set of tools for the final product. Yeah, it really is. So I I use um, I use Forecast, which is like an app that Mark Armand created to do chapter markers and artwork on the podcasts. And then I also use a series of uh, post production audio filtering tools. You know, I use like Adobe Audition and something called Hush, which is on the Mac, as well as um, Isotope, which is a kind of an audio production suite that a lot of a lot of musicians use but it does things like you know gets rid of background noise and that sort of thing gotcha nice any other general ipad thoughts before we dive into procreate uh dreams yeah the ipad to me i I love the ipad and i've been very frustrated with the ipad because nothing (laughs) happened in 2023 with the ipad and so to me it's like it's just been really a it's been a disappointing year because it's been an interesting year for apple in a lot of hardware respects but not with the ipad and i think it's been too long i mean i i I don't expect revolutionary new hardware every single year from the ipad however i do expect 
something more than what we've gotten. And I hope 2024 is going to be a big year. I mean, the rumors are that there's going to be a lot more going on with the iPad in 2024. And I hope that that's correct. I mean, fortunately, we have apps like the one we're going to talk about today, Procreate Dreams, where where companies are pushing the boundaries of what can be done on an iPad, which I think is fantastic and shows that there's plenty of a market there for for users who are demanding those kind of tools, but it's really kind of taken the back seat this year. And that's, that's, that's kind of a shame. But uh, as a result, I've been doing things like experimenting with uh, Android e-ink tablets because I need my, <laughs> I need my, my tablet hardware fix. Yes. And that's where I, where I got it this year. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of a weird thing. Cause um, iPads generally the, the mini and the pro are like 18, the month cycles, even the air, then the regular one normally right. gets a twelve month revamp, but I I don't know if Apple's like uh, we're, we had that new design that's really expensive. Let's let's just, let's sit to have margins be where they need to be or whatever it is. But it's, right, it's kind of a bizarre year because we don't like it. Software. It really has been. Yeah, it really has been, and and especially with the Pro, the Pro really hasn't changed much, at least the way it looks and a no. lot of what it does since twenty eighteen, and that's a long time. It is, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, it sounds like we're getting some exciting, at least screen advancements soon. But yep. uh, how much more I hope so. that will be? Yeah, and uh, yeah, and I'm glad Stage Manager is finally in a happy place for me. At least, like that was the big thing. Uh, you know, this little tidy OS revision that just makes it so much more fun to use. Yeah. Yes, I, I think that, that that's been really the breath of fresh air this year for me because I really got to the point when that first came out, I just abandoned it. It was just too hard to use. But with the changes, I'm now using Stage Manager all the time. And it and I've actually gotten to the point where I've consider, I'm considering abandoning it on the Mac because the Mac didn't get the same love with Stage Manager. There are a lot of ways to, now to bring things onto your stage with the iPad that you really can't do anything equivalent to on the Mac. Mac, which is a shame because there's just too much setup involved on the Mac. You know, you can't do things like spotlight search and drag something onto your stage or or shift click on the dock and get something into your stage. You know, that there, there's certain things that you can do on the iPad that don't have an equivalent on the Mac and you end up having to like doing the song and dance of opening a new app then going back to the stage, dragging something back from the stage onto whatever you've got on your current stage. And it's just a lot of back and forth that I wish Apple would like look at and try to eliminate because um, the, the iPad has really come a long way. I mean, I think the iPad has room for more refinement there, but, but it really is, I think, a pretty good feature now. It's where it should have been when it first was introduced, I think. Yeah, definitely. And uh, my big hope is we get an M1 iPad Mini one of these years, and then you just hook that up, up to an external display. Great. Desktop that would be really cool. And you go on the go, and you got your little Mini. That's my dream. Yeah, I was thinking about that the other day. You know, I really could see it being like, there were rumors like years and years and years ago of of an iPod not an iPad, yeah. an iPod that would be like a portable Mac that you would like connect it to a computer, to a screen and yep. you would use it as a little mini Mac. And the, the iPad mini really could be that. It could. Yeah. With enough, you know, add, with enough power. Add clamshell mode with the, um, the magic keyboard with touch ID. I've been waiting for touch ID support on the keyboard to come to the iPad for years. Like you could, come on. It's right there. <laughs> yep. No. Yep. But anyways, um, to procreate um this is yes. an app that has been beloved for many years in the art world and novices like myself i, I use it to create what i call abstract art of just pretty things because if i try to draw people or animals it just doesn't turn out well <laughs> how how old, how would you describe uh, your abilities as far as an artist goes I'm kind of in the same boat. I mean, I like fiddling around with the app and, you know, doing doodles and, and creating little pictures, but I, I'm not really an artist. I mean, I, I always, I find it very frustrating because I can talk to like our designer at Mac stories and say this, I, I know what I want and I know what I like, but I can't do it myself. And it drives me a little crazy, but, uh, I still enjoy, I still enjoy using apps like procreate because I find it relaxing to kind of have a creative outlet. That's not really a, something that is going anywhere other than on my iPad. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I, I do like, you know, using the pressure sensitivity of the Apple pencil in there. It's, 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 it's an enjoyable activity for me. Um, I'll do calligraphy in the real world, but, uh, uh-huh. itself is a different ball of wax. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, and I think what's really nice about Procreate, and I give you know the Procreate a lot of a lot of credit, is that it's a paid up front app, which is fairly rare these days, and I think that that makes it a lot more accessible to more people because, like, I know for me, like, it wouldn't make sense for me to have a subscription art app really, uh, because I just don't use it enough or get get enough out of it to make it worth a, a subscription pricing model. But, you know, I procreate is a one-time payment and I've certainly gotten the value out of it. I, I do wonder how, how these paid up front apps for a company like them supports. They have like a team of 80 people working on these apps and they're working with like a big PR firm in London. And I, I, I got to imagine the brushes that, you can buy those as add-ons like DLC. Is that, yeah, I I have no idea. I have no idea, but I, I suspect that they do a lot of um, enterprise and school licenses where they can, where they're probably signing up hundreds of people at a time, as opposed to just onesie twosies yes. like you and me. <laughs> yes, that that would make sense for them. So, um, in your write up about Procreate Dreams, this is a new animation app from Procreate. Uh, one tidbit I thought was pretty interesting is this is five years in the making. Um, did you get any other kind of background tidbits when you were getting briefed on this app uh, we're sharing? A little bit. I mean, it was five years of the making, as you said, and I had a I had a, a 4 a.m. briefing for this app, which was like just absolutely, absolutely brutal because uh, the people were spread out in Australia, London, and the U.S. And I got up and was very blurry eyed. And they mentioned how they'd been doing it for five years. The other thing I think is very interesting about this app is that it's it leans very heavily on the metal frameworks. And, you know, you probably hear about metal in the context of games most of the time because, you know, it's a graphics framework that, uh, that, that gets the most out of the iPad's GPU, but it obviously also works well with imaging apps, animation apps, that kind of thing. And with Procreate Dreams, I think the target base iPad OS version is 16 for this. So it supports all of the iPads that are out there, I believe. But um, by targeting 16, they've got the most, not quite the, the most recent version of Metal, but, you know, one generation ago Metal. And, and Metal has come a long way over the last few years. Uh, and that allows them to do some pretty incredible things in terms of loading times, size of projects, all of that to make, uh, make things possible that you couldn't have done a few years ago. Yeah, I noticed the trackpad, if you like, just hover over the timeline i'll just real time play back the whole animation which is it's nice i mean because it's rendering this This isn't like you're playing back a video it is something different it's it's animation it's computationally doing stuff versus just playing back a av file right exactly so um have you explored other animation apps in the ipad like family of apps because I've been looking and there doesn't seem to be a huge number of them. Yeah, there there really aren't. I mean, there are things that can do some of what Procreate Dreams is doing. There's Loom with three O's in it, which is that got an ADA a few years ago. It, it it's kind of a flipbook tool for doing 2D animation, which is something that Procreate Dreams does too. It doesn't have all the features, but it's a it's a good accessible beginner type of app that you can use. So that that's a good one um, that's out there. Adobe Fresco does some of this too. You know, there are. It's interesting. There's a lot of crossover these days between image and video apps and animation because there are a lot of video apps that will allow you to overlay some sort of animation onto a video and dreams has the ability to bring in video and images into your animations but it's first and foremost an animation tool whereas a lot of these other ones are first and foremost image editors or video apps right so fresco fresco is a little closer to dreams in that adobe fresco is a painting and drawing tool and it has animations built into it but of course that you know there are some free features I think of that app, but to get the full thing, you need to have a uh, Creative Cloud subscription to Adobe. Gotcha. Yeah, and then I remember yeah. um, Boinks has iStop Motion, but I'm not sure if that's still right. on later OSs. It's 
an older app that I, I that's that's kind of a fun style of animation especially i think for kids to just like play with their action figures make them do stuff is like a fun thing that, yep yeah, there's another one called Stop Animation Studio that's a little bit like that too, I think, where you can take like Lego figures and make little movies with them and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah it's yeah, Stop Motions, it's it's a whole different world and it's uh, It more, really is. Yeah, it, versus where, where you're actually drawing in Procreate Dreams, that's more using your camera in the real world to to make stuff move, which is Right. Yeah, which is fun. Um so for those that are big into Procreate is there a way to send over some of your artwork into dreams? I couldn't find like an obvious way to do this. Yeah, I, I don't think so. I mean, yeah. that's a good question. And I think one of the things that they told me during this briefing that I had was that the format for the procreate format underlying the drawing has been updated. And I don't know that it's been updated in the main procreate app yet or not. Yeah. And whether that might allow them to do importing into this into dreams uh, dreams is its own file format it's a dot dreams file so i you know it doesn't seem that you can which is kind of a shame you can import things like uh photographs and movies you know videos that kind of thing but you can't as far as i can tell you can't do the uh the actual procreate drawings from that app itself yeah it's interesting yeah and maybe a future update enables that because you are drawing in layers and stuff and procreate standard so you'd think you'd be able to pick out certain layers you could animate and whatnot right Um, but yeah right yeah we'll see if that that comes over time how much of the core procreate app is there in dreams like are there any tools that are obvious misses that you hope make it into dreams one day um, not from the standpoint of someone like me, who's kind of a casual Procreate user. It's, you know, it, I think that the, that's one of the strengths of dreams is that if you've ever used Procreate before, you're going to feel right at home because you open the app and anything you've created, you've got a gallery of what you've created very much, you know, you know, the file provider type of interface where you can just tap on whatever you've created and pick up where you left off. But then once you're in the app itself, there are the same tools that you'll have. You'd see from Procreate. You've got um, like a drawing tool, a layers tool, the brushes, the uh, smudging tool, and the, like the color wheel, which is unique to Procreate. All of those things are in there, so that if you create a timeline, because you you know that's the difference between Procreate and Procreate Dreams, is that here you're creating, you're drawing very much like you would in Procreate, but it's on a timeline as opposed to just on a static canvas. And so if you, there are various modes that you work in. And if you're in the drawing mode where you're actually creating the art, those tools are all exactly like you would experience them in procreate itself. Okay. And third party brushes can get imported into this app. They should. I've never used a third-party brush, though, so I'm not exactly that familiar with how third-party brushes work. But I, I don't think that they've changed the format for the brushes themselves. Okay. Yeah. And then who is this app for? Is it, you know, novices like myself, uh, or is it all the way up to professionals? Like, would someone make a 90-minute feature film with this tool set? Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I think it it works on a. I think it scales pretty well from simple casual use cases on up to professionals. Because one of the things that I think Procreate itself, the drawing app, is very much like that. Because the the number of tools that you're managing at any one time is relatively limited, which I think makes it easier for someone to get into it. The thing that I find maybe a little hard with both Procreate and Dreams is discoverability at times because they want to make sure that everything is just, they're they're trying to minimize the the toolbars, the buttons, the labels. And in doing that though, they rely very heavily on gestures, maybe more so than, you know, most, most iPad apps. And that is good because it's really taking advantage of the iPad's unique capabilities. On the other hand, it does require a little bit of a learning curve to explore the UI and really figure out what everything does. Because for instance, you might not think to yourself, oh, I want to do onion skinning, which is where, you know, you, you draw a picture and then you move to the next frame and you see a shadow of the prior frame so you can kind of smoothly animate a character across the screen. 
If you want to get into onion skinning, you might not really figure out right away that you have to tap on the time code of the of the app in order to get a menu of options that include onion skinning, which so okay, that's a place to put it. I mean, you 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 see it and you think, well, th- this was designed by people who are running out of places to put things at times because they're trying to put they're putting there's there's really something behind almost all of these controls. You know, there's long press controls, there's tapping on various elements, and it just requires a little exploration to really figure out what is there and what you can do. It took me a couple minutes just to find how to get back to the title screen. Oh, I click on that little thing, the I think the name of the project or something. Right, yeah, it, it's exactly. And, it, and that, I think, is a little bit of a, a barrier. But even so, I think that it's the app, because it doesn't overwhelm you with controls right out of the box, it does make it easier for someone to just kind of sit down, have the canvas in front of them, and start drawing and then kind of think to themselves, all right, well, I have, I've drawn this person and I want to move them from the left side to the right side. How do I do that? You know, if you have that kind of curiosity in you and you want to tap around and figure out where things are, you can figure out how that works. So I do think it works pretty well for the novice. I mean, I, I have yet to explore every corner of this app because it is really very, very deep. I mean, you open it up and you think, oh, there's not much to this. It's like, here's a place that I draw and here's a little timeline below and there's a few buttons. But you realize very quickly that, oh, yeah, the, the playhead, if you tap on the playhead, here's all the options you can get if you tap on the playlist. And, oh, and here's if you do this, you got all these other options. And there's a lot of things you can do. So it does pay to explore. And based on the examples that came with the app, I think that there really is serious animation work that can be done, like on a commercial level, you know, maybe even a, a feature length film here, because the I was amazed by some of the stuff that Procreate showed off in terms of what is possible here. And I know in their press release they had a they had a um, a quote from someone who worked on The Lion King and Beauty and the Beast for Disney who was blown away by it and thought that you could and said that this is going to you know lead in to a resurgence in two D animation and film length stuff that people can create on an iPad. So in that sense, it really is opening up tools that probably would have cost tens of thousands of dollars years ago for animation studios to someone working at home in the evenings, you know, as their side project, building their creation and animating and then distributing it somehow. Yeah. For 20 bucks. Right. Exactly. And yeah, and one of those sample projects I noticed, oh, this, they have different scenes and then you can open that scene and it's kind of self-contained there. How do you actually create these different scenes and kind of like um, for these longer form projects um, that you can do in this this app? Yeah, I don't think that there's like necessarily a right or wrong way to use scenes in dreams. I mean, I think what it allows an animator to do is to break things up into manageable chunks because you can create pretty complex uh, animations here. Your timeline can be, you know, it supports layers. So you can have multiple layers. You'll have an audio layer. You'll have your your drawing layer. You'll have a keyframing layer, all sorts of different layers that can be added onto this. And I don't think that there's a way in the app itself to stitch them together, if that's kind of what you're suggesting, or whether you would do that separately, like maybe export out uh video and then stitch them together or whether you would take individual scenes and kind of then paste them end to end as you kind of completed each scene into a separate animation that's longer if you follow me right that that i think might be possible yeah because if you're looking in a studio you'd you'd want the ability to have a, a master file that you can add different scenes to from other files i'd imagine um right team working on it yeah right and then, what is the actual process of, I, I drew this dog, and uh, the next frame, I'm going to move his leg. Like, do you have to redraw the entire dog, or is there a way to just, like, move that one aspect of the drawing? Uh, they, they do have an onion skinning 
thing you can do or you can, but, but I don't know that they copy one frame to the other and then allow you to make changes to it. That's something that came up during the, came up during the, uh, the briefing that I had, that it's something that they're, they're, that they're looking at, but there are a bunch of different ways to animate things here. You can, uh, do it by hand drawing. You can, uh, draw your creation and then use something called performing which allows you to select an image and then use the apple pencil or your finger to move it through a scene so you you know the example they gave for us was they had a witch and i know this is in their handbook uh, they had a witch flying on her broom through the sky and we got a demo of this where the artist just took selected the witch First, she selected the witch's hair and moved the hair with her finger as the as the um, as the animation played, so that it gave it some gave it some you know movement as she flew through the air. And then she took the entire witch on the broom and her whole body and moved it up and down, and then back and forward, shrinking it through the scene because you can you can scale things just like you would in an image editor you know you grab the handles and make it smaller so it looks like she's out in the distance and then make it bigger so she's more in the foreground and she did this over a period of time over the length of this animation and it's really kind of amazing because what then the app does in the background is it's adding keyframes which are I mean, I'm no animator, so I'm probably going to butcher the explanation of this other than it's like points in the timeline that define movement from point A to point B. And then the app smoothly animates from A to B. And so instead of you can do those, yeah, you could do those things manually. Like you could go in and say, I want this to be a keyframe. So I have, maybe I have the dog on the far left and then I want the dog in the middle. So you'd put it, go at the beginning of the timeline, you'd make a keyframe with the picture of the dog on the left and then you'd go to the middle, put the dog in the middle and that would be, you know, maybe at second five and then the app would take care of getting the dog from A to B from the left side to the middle. And with this this witch, it was the same kind of thing. It was more complex than that because it wasn't just a linear movement. It was moving up and down and scaling too. Yeah, and if you're doing like an arc, you, you need that middle keyframe to know, hey, I'm I'm making a halfway circle thing versus just going uh, left to right. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of the power of performing is that if you're doing that manually, you'd have to create a lot of different keyframes to make sure you're following the arc the way you want it to go. But by being able to do this by hand with the the Apple Pencil, the app just picks up what that curve is that you want, which is pretty cool. And something I noticed really nice as a touch is when you remove your finger from the screen or Apple Pencil, it pauses the performance, which allows you right. to change from, say, moving the character to changing the size. Because those are two different points your finger would, would be positioned to do that. Um, so that's a right. nice touch. Yeah, it works really well that way. I mean, I think that's a really a really cool thing. And I think that performing really is one of those things that sets us apart from maybe animating it with other types of devices because it really does show off what's possible with something like the Apple Pencil because a lot of the, you know, it it, it does such a nice job of interpolating what your intention is without you having to go through and manually pick pixel positions you know picking from a like a pixel grid on a on a on a graph where you want an object to be you just do it in a very natural uh, way manipulating the actual image with the apple pencil and let the computer do the work to figure out what that means from a keyframe standpoint yeah and you can also do things like animate text you can put text in this yep. this app and you can move that text around resize the text um, you could overlay it with real world videos and photos. Um, yeah, which I think is is a an, an important point because I think that this that shows what this app is for. I mean, sure, you can make you can make um, animated short films with this, or you can you know I can do my doodles and make them move. But there's room here for uh, like YouTubers to add text overlays on their videos or other images kind of animating in and out of their videos. There's room here for like people who are social media managers who maybe have like a, a static image. I know I've played with that a little bit where yeah. like sometimes we'll release some sort of um, 
a link to an article we did on Mac stories and I can do it as audio and I can have a static image of related to the article, but then to make it more interesting, maybe add some sort of animation to it. You know, there's a lot of little, little use cases here. I think that, that are possible. And they, when you start a project, there are social ones that are optimized. There are. Yeah, there's a square one, I noticed, and then the pure social one, which is, I guess, the TikTok kind of size and all that. Yep, yep, absolutely. Yeah, I'm curious if they'd ever add this feature of, I want to start with this video I made for YouTube and say LumaFusion, import that whole video and have that be like... Because right now you have to say how long your video is from the get-go. I wonder if they'd ever consider mm-hmm. adding like... Uh, import this video as a starting point uh, and go from there. Yeah, that would be interesting. I mean, I, I think that there's definitely a place for that kind of thing. It's, it, I think it's partly a perspective because this is first and foremost an animation app, not a video app, right? And so I think that that's what, why it's not like that now. But I, I do think that that would be a nice thing to add. I mean, you you can you can figure it out. Though. I mean, you, you bring in the bring in the video and then just manually manipulate the timeline to fit over the the length of the video and then add stuff. So it's doable. It's just not, I don't think it's not, there's not like a, a a video starting point, I guess is the way I would put it. Right. Now you have an iPad mini and an iPad pro 12.9. The mini, I believe has a funky aspect ratio. That's not four by three. And the 12.9 is the standard iPad aspect ratio. Um, Right. I'm curious. Did you play around when you create a new project? One of the options is your iPad screen size. Uh, is that always four by three, or if you have a mini, will it do the mini's screen size? I will admit I have not tried it on the mini, so I'm okay. not entirely sure. I, I hope so. I sure hope it works that way. I mean, the mini just struck me as like probably a little small of a small <laughs> canvas to work on for this, but yeah. But, but yeah, yeah, okay. And then. Um, they have options to go as little as 12 frames per second all the way up to 120. 12 seems easier to, to create longer stuff with, but how how much of a trade-off is there with uh, reducing the frames per second, you think? And I haven't really... I haven't really noticed any difference in terms of like performance or how any of it looks. I mean, I, I what I'll say is I've what I've done is I haven't created any long-form animation myself, but I took some of the, the ones that come with the app and created a new project and then imported those animations into mine and varied the frame rates. And and they were completely smooth and seemed to work perfectly well either way. I mean, I think that there's there are speeds that are more natural for certain kinds of animations. I mean, and, and I think the app kind of acknowledges that because they're labeled things like for television versus, you know, anime versus, yeah. uh, yeah, I didn't know anime you know, like was mobile. 15 frames per second. That's kind of, yeah, I thought yeah. that was kind of interesting. That was, that was new to me too. And they had, I don't, I actually am still looking at the beta. I don't know if they had, there was like an anime example in the, in yeah. the beta. I don't know if it's in the final, but it, it, I think it is, is kind of running at a lower frame rate. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. And, and at yeah. the back, it's like, oh, that's probably pretty accurate. Yeah. Yep. Yep. The blend modes. Do you know what these do? They can be applied to like an entire scene. Yeah. So my understanding is this is from coming from Procreate, and this kind of goes to your question a little bit about whether there's anything missing from Procreate. And the answer is kind of no, I think, because blending is one of the ways to uh, edit layers in the Procreate drawing app itself. So you can do things like multiply the colors or darken the scene and that kind of thing. And those same tools are brought over into dreams as well. So you can adjust your drawing and the lay on a kind of a layer by layer or combined layer basis using the blending, which I think is just affecting multiple layers at, at one time. A little beyond my artistic skills, but I think that's essentially what it's doing. <laughs> and then the other option I noticed in that same area of the app was this ability to apply clipping or a layer mask. Um, how, do you know how the, the masking works uh, in Dreams? It works pretty much like you would expect in any image editor. I mean, it, you, can apply, you can apply masks so that you can edit just 
regions of an image of a layer as opposed to you know the entire thing at once so again that's kind of a thing coming over from the procreate drawing app is it's got the same concept of clipping masks and that sort of thing okay and then Something I noticed right away when I was starting out my first animation, um, not a great one. I was just like playing around some text, and stuff. <laughs> but um, you have the screen size or the animation size. You're you get the little frame border, then you can keep drawing outside of that. Is the whole concept of that is stuff outside the frame will in a couple frames enter the frame and leave it, and you want that yep. space as a buffer. Yes. I mean, that is the concept of the stage versus the actual frame itself. And so, and this is one of the things I think is very, takes a lot of getting used to when you're doing animation as opposed to drawing because, you you know, apps like Procreate, when you start a drawing or a painting, you're thinking about a canvas, you're thinking about a defined space. Whereas with animation, it's a lot more like filming a play on a stage where the characters are coming from off stage onto stage and then leaving and it's changing over time what you're seeing in front of you. And so what you can do is you can start your your character, you can have your initial character all the way off the screen and you can see that it's kind of a semi-opaque view on the iPad. So you've got your bright white square in the middle, which is your actual stage what what is actually being animated and filmed but you can have your character just off to the left or the right or wherever or up or down and slowly come onto the stage and the example that they gave us during the uh, a quick demo during the briefing was they made a scene with mountains and the sun in the sky and then off the stage below the drawing was the moon and then they animated it so that it would you know, switch. So the, the sun would set and the moon would rise. And that was just a pretty simple animation of rotating that layer from this, the moon being low to the moon being high and switching spots with the sun. And it, as simple as it is, it's really effective because it looks fantastic as the, the moon starts coming up above the, the mountains that are in the, the foreground. So you can do, it, it requires, I think, a new kind of thinking when you're drawing is, you know, where, where do you want things to be over a, over a period of time and how do you do that? And with Procreate Dreams, that could be having the moon below the, below the frame and rising above into the frame, or it could be having a character on the left and moving right. It could really be just about anything. Yeah. Something I was just thinking about, I'd love an ability to have, you know, you can import brushes and stuff. I'd love to have some right. just like a place to throw these, like uh, an image of fire that I can animate and like these different like effects almost. So like I was yeah. upgrade, upgrade could throw their little video socials into this app and like animate to Jason's head on fire or something like that. Like yep. something that's quicker <laughs> and easier than drawing fire every single time. Uh, is there's no way to like save off just like, an image like fire drawing like, and like yeah like individual assets or something like that like an assets library i don't know i don't think that there really is i mean i think the best you could maybe do would be to have a bunch of little projects and maybe copy things out from one to the other maybe you, you but can copy from one project to another if you if you need to yeah i yeah. believe so yeah okay and then the whole mixing the real world world with uh, animation we talked a lo- little bit but I, I do think that's a, a cool thing. Like, who framed Roger Rabbit? You can kind of make a 2D. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. I say 2D, but the person would be in 3D still. Um, yeah. <laughs> right. No, that's true. I mean, and it's like, there's some good tutorials online already, which I think are worth looking at because one of the things you could do, for instance, is say you have a photo. Uh, you can long press it and use the, you know, the select subject feature of ipad os and just pull in just the thing that you want with the background transparent and then you can draw that way it's like overlaid on your drawing and it looks like it's part of the drawing so that is an option for you to do it's a good way to add photos to the uh to your animation you can do the videos and then draw over them or you could even bring in 
maybe other uh, art assets, you know, other drawings, overlay those over a video and then move them around the scene using the various controls and the keyframing to move, uh, you know, a drawing across and behind the people. Because one of the, that was another demo we got was uh, it was a, a short video of a woman dancing that looped. And just to show how you could do it, the Procreate artist created like a little, it was just a simple brush stroke that looked like a moving flame across the screen. And so it would kind of circle around and it would come in and look as though it were going behind her and then emerging from in front of the, the dancer and then kind of move across the screen and then loop back around behind her. And it was really just a very simple animation, but because she was able to use do it in onion skinning, doing just like a little bit of the line at a time. And then uh, Procreate Dreams was taking care of the keyframing. It all kind of came together very smoothly. Yeah, if we were still in the iPod era, this would be a total Apple ad of we made this iPod oh, ad yeah. with Dreams. Because, yeah, they totally do that where they like... Yep. Yep. That's a great, that's a great example. That would be exactly the kind of thing that you would do with this sort of thing, because, you know, it supports audio. We haven't really talked a lot about the audio, but, but you could have an audio track and the, you know, it supports a lot, all the kind of common audio file formats like wave and MP3 and whatnot. And it, um, you, with that, not only can you have music, but you could do voiceover. For instance, you could have, you could like, you could do for this podcast, you could have the podcast art in a short video. You could lay a track of like a clip from this episode behind it. And then you could create some sort of animation with uh, the go, you know, played over top your show art, for instance. I mean, just to kind of make it visually more interesting than just uh, a picture of the show art, a static picture of the show art in a Mastodon post, for instance, you know, you could do that. And that's, I mean, that's something that I've been playing with and experimenting with a little bit, because I think it's one of the things that I, and this is like a, like a philosophical uh, marketing thing as somebody who does this for a, for a living, but I feel like there are a lot of ways, like we, we write. And not everybody reads. Some people like their thing. Some people like video. Some people like audio. That's why we do podcasts. That's why we write articles. And I think if you can meet people where they're at and give them something interesting, you're more likely to capture their attention and imagination. And maybe they become like a, also a reader. Yeah, so that's absolutely. that's why I experiment with those kind of things. Yeah, it's interesting. Some people don't want to listen. They just want transcripts so they can read what was talked exactly. about. Exactly. Yeah, Exactly. So the Apple Pencil, um, how is this used? Like, is it just standard stuff? Is there double tap in this app in any way? Or is it just standard drawing and then some interface elements you can use it with as well? Yeah, I I think it's fairly standard. I mean, it uses the Apple Pencil in a lot of ways that Procreate also does. And as I mentioned, with like things like Perform, it can be used to to drag the characters around the screen to create the automatic keyframing. So it's it's about what you would expect from a drawing app, I think. I mean, I don't think there's anything that's like like uh, particularly unique with the way the Apple Pencil is used. But I do think that having the ability to you know with a lot of th- this is true with a lot of iPad things. I mean, where the iPad really shines is when. It's with a project that you can actually manipulate the content that you're creating, where you're closer to what you're working on, as opposed to the indirection of using like a mouse or a trackpad or a keyboard with a Mac. With the iPad, you're actually in there touching what you're working on and moving it around. And I think that works really well with animation. Yeah. As far as audio, we talked about voiceover, but Mm -hmm. lip sync, I have not seen in any examples from Procreate. Is that probably a challenge that is pretty hard to accomplish in this app? I think it might be. I think that the way you would accomplish that probably would be to animate it first and then have someone voice it over while watching the animation. You know what I mean? And and then And then layering them on top of each other because I don't think that there's any, there's no like built-in voiceover tool per se, but you can you can accomplish it 
other ways, I think, by doing it in stages. Yeah, I don't even know how it's done. And like, you know, when Lion King was made, did, was it animated? Then they brought in the voice actors, or did they perform the voice right. first and animate to that? Yeah, I, I I don't know the whole lineage of how that that's gone right. And and it might be that it would be a com- potentially a combination of both. Where if maybe someone did the voice acting and it was off a little bit, you could use maybe the keyframing to adjust how the the mouths of the characters and things were working as the words were being spoken so you know you kind of do a little bit of both you have somebody maybe um, voice over a rough cut of whatever you're animating and then you can go back and kind of adjust the animation a little bit to match what's being said if it's close enough yeah and then something that this app we've talked about before is it's very touch first but I remember with Procreate, there was this whole marketplace of third-party like keyboards with all the the hotkeys programmed in there. Are there yeah. some hotkeys for this app? Do you see like could could the same Procreate keyboards for that app work here, or are they they different? Are they different? I yeah, I don't know. I I think that that's an to me that's a really fascinating market. That's like one of those 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 accessories because I've seen them like you know you've got like they're a little bit like a like a stream deck or something. I suppose you know you'll have like various input input um, devices for Procreate. I don't know if they work with this. Um, they the there's not a lot of keyboard shortcuts for this app. No, itself. I tried even Command Z to undo. It's like that does not work. No, and I, I think that that's because I don't know that this app would be great for working with in a keyboard. Maybe maybe in the later stages where you're editing, it, there might be room for more keyboard-driven editing. But in terms of the creation and the drawing, I think it's very much intended to be an outside-the-keyboard case type of app sitting on an easel or on a table where you're actually doing the drawing. And... I wouldn't be surprised if we see more of that kind of thing down the line to refine the app, but uh, but right now it's it really doesn't do much with that sort of thing. Yeah, and then as far as exporting your final project, there's video, and then there's a couple others, I think. Yeah, you can you can uh, export a series of PNGs, for instance, which I assume that that's that you can do things like generate P, uh, gifs because gifs are really just a series of still images. Uh, I don't. I don't think it actually exports GIFs itself, but uh, you can do a series of PNGs, which maybe that's that could be just for storyboarding purposes, or maybe you could stitch them together into a GIF or something like that. But yeah, it's pr- primarily a video export thing. Okay. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm so curious how apps like Procreate will tackle Vision Pro when that comes out next year. Like, will we get some crazy dreams app where you have your timeline a separate screen and some way to draw i don't know Um, yeah no and i think that that's one of those things with vision pro that's very much an unknown which is what degree of control are people really going to have over the software they're using is how rough are the controls right i mean is it because and this is a, an issue for things like video games, too. I mean, you know, you, you buy a, a Meta Quest 3 and you've got controllers. And a lot of games require, are really, really need controllers to be precise. Not all games do, but a lot of games do. And that's not going to be the case with the Vision Pro. So are those, are those games just out? Is the hand tracking good enough that they can be used? Is it a different type of game? Which is, I think, one reason we haven't heard a lot about games is because it's they're not they're not going to be great. But drawing is another thing, and some drawing is imprecise, but some of it is also very precise, just like you would probably want with a controller. That's why you have an app, Apple Pencil, after all, with a very precise tip. Yeah. That that is that you know refreshes at a very high frame rate, and so Apple has feels. not really shown someone just looking down at their desk with the virtual paper. I don't think they want no. you that close in Vision Pro, or also probably your neck down, looking down might be uncomfortable. So, right, which is why it feels like more to me like the kind of applications that will work best will more likely be things that you would think of on a screen of a computer that's a distance away from you. Like whether it's an iPad in a keyboard case or a Mac with a screen on a desk, be more like, you know, text editors, <clears throat> I think would work fine. Maybe Safari, Mail, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, no, it'll be interesting to see how that market develops and what kind of experiments right. just don't work. It's like, ooh, this is not comfortable over anything right. five minutes. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Well, um, anything about dreams we haven't covered yet that you'd like to? Uh, yeah, I would. I would suggest that if people are curious about this app, I would take a look at Procreate's handbook because they have a very nice in their support page is a very nice handbook that has kind of step-by-step how you do certain things. Cause there are multiple ways to animate your things, whether it's manual keyframing, perform onion skinning, you know, flip book, all these different things. So check that out. It's a good starting point, but also there's a lot of great YouTube videos here too. I mean, obviously this is a visual medium and it really shines in the hands of a good artist who can show you how to do things. Cause I watched a couple of those and I'm so, you know, this app's only been out, what, like a week and a half. It's already got a big following on YouTube. And there are a lot of great videos out there showing you how to do everything from just simple, like taking a photo of a, I saw one of a, a guy who took a, a Fanta bottle and he animated it in from the left and it was, you know, bulging out on the sides and going in, you know, just little stuff like that. But it, it demonstrates kind of like what's possible once you have the assets into the app and what you can kind of do with them once they're there. Yeah, there's such a thriving Procreate creator yes. ecosystem. Like there are entire people that they all they do is Procreate. And if you want to learn, just yeah, subscribe and watch their stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Quite absolutely. Long, yeah. Yep. Yep. One thing I just remembered I wanted to ask about, is there a way to like anchor anchor some drawing to Say I drop in, as you mentioned, from like the iMessage where you can remove the background. I want to like attach that flame to that where I'm moving the person. The flame kind of goes with that person. Is that a thing in this this app? Yes, because you could have you can group layers. So I think that you should be able to do it with a combination of grouping the layers and then animating them as a group, okay. as yeah, opposed to individual skateboard. It seems like it's like. How is how is the skateboard not losing that uh, that logo that they painted onto it? I guess it's probably attached to it in some way. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's kind of where I start getting a little lost. Like I look at these, I'm like, oh, well, how would you even do that? And then, but there's there's a lot of tools in there, and I think if you've um, used Procreate, you probably have a better idea than I do about if you're an expert at it that uh, how to do that. But yeah, there are there are things in there like that that allow yeah. you to do that. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot to learn, but it is a fun app just to just, just play with. And just as as I've always learned, all the apps that I love is you start using it, you find a new challenge, and then you find a video or a tutorial on how to do it. And then uh, I know how to do that now. And then you just kind of build yeah, it's a, it. Yeah, exactly. It's just like a back and forth. It's like figure out something you want to do, try to figure out how to do it. If you can't, go look for a tutorial or maybe just watch a few tutorials and that gives you ideas of things you can do and how you would do it your own way and then use your own assets or drawings and, and do it that way yeah yeah well awesome thank you so much john for your time this has been a great learning more about this this wonderful app that uh that uh, procreate just dropped on us at the end of the year here um, yeah no it's been great to talk to you i mean i really i think procreate dreams is a, is a fantastic app i plan to spend more times or time over the holidays playing around with it that's one of the things i like to do in the holiday season is take a little time off dive into some more complex apps like this that I haven't used enough and really learn more about them. And at $20, I mean, I think it's, you know, it's $20 may seem like a lot for the app store, but I think given the depth and complexity and professionalism of this app, it's a, I think it's a real steal actually. Yeah. It's uh, it's funny. I, back in 2006 when I was really into buying all my Mac apps and I was a new Mac person, it's like 50 bucks, 200 bucks. Yeah. yeah. It's like nowadays, it's so different. Yeah. I know. Today, you tell somebody $20 and they're like, have a heart attack. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, yeah. It'd be, yeah. It, it's such a different world growing up today with iPads and stuff. I can't imagine having like Procreate Dreams as a kid trying to like learn how to do animation. That seems like a fun time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, where uh, can people find your work over on Mac Stories and your other musings online? Yeah, so uh, just visit MacStories.net. Federico and I do a couple of podcasts, too. We have App Stories at AppStories.net and MacStories Unwind, which is like a weekly 
media. It, it's really just an excuse for me and Federico to have a, a fun conversation where we talk about strange differences between Italy and America, and then have some have some media picks as well. Um, and of course, I'm like on on Mastodon. We have little dedicated pages to ourselves. Mine is johnvorhees.maxstories.net, which actually will open up my profile on Mastodon. There's a follow, you can follow me from there. Um, and I'm on Threads too. At John Voorhees J- at John Voorhees, so that's uh, that's another place that people can go. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, John. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Enjoyed being here to talk about dreams. It's been fun. Well, that's my interview with John all about procreate dreams. Make sure to check out John's work over at Max Stories. And my thanks again to John for his time recording, and my thanks to you for your time and attention tuning in. As a reminder, you can support this podcast and get early access over at patreon.com slash iPadPros or by subscribing in Apple Podcasts. With that, I'll talk to everyone again real soon.